God wants everyone on earth to know Him personally. Today on Daily in the Word, Dr. Paul Chappell teaches us about who God is and how He can impact our everyday lives. When you are forgiven of much, you can love much. I don't know about you this morning. I'm glad that Jesus loved me. I'm glad that Jesus has forgiven me for my sin. And I don't come to church because I have to. And I didn't put an offering in this morning because I have to. And I don't read my Bible because I have to. I do those things because I love Him. Jesus was not just a savior. He was also a friend, a teacher, and mentor to his disciples. In our series, Lessons from Jesus, we will discover practical ways to apply God's principles to our everyday lives. Welcome to Daily in the Word. This program features the teaching and preaching of Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. Throughout the scriptures, Jesus taught his disciples lessons that would later become truths illustrated in the New Testament. Today, we will get a glimpse into how Jesus used teaching moments to reveal principles about the kingdom of God. And now, here's Pastor Paul Chappell with part two of a message called, A Forgiven Woman. It is entirely possible that just a few hours before this woman came to Jesus with the ointment, that she had heard Jesus say those words, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. No doubt she was heavy laden. No doubt she needed rest for her soul. This woman was the laughing stock of her city. This woman had tried to find acceptance in one illicit relationship after another. She had tried to find compensation, perhaps, through a wicked lifestyle. She was heavy of heart and heavy of soul. And perhaps as she heard Jesus say, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This woman put her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now with a heart of worship and a heart of repentance, she comes to the Lord and washes His feet in this very expensive ointment. The word here for weeping is a very interesting word as we read about this woman having many tears in verse 38. The word for tears is the same Greek word that describes rain showers. In other words, this woman wasn't shedding one or two tears, but this woman with rain showers of tears is worshiping the Lord and repenting before her Lord, expressing a change of heart. You know, I just want to say this morning that we don't see a lot of repentance today. And if we're ever going to have revival in America, we're going to need to see real repentance once again. A lot of people, when they have a little trouble, they come to church for a time or two. They do a deal with God. Hey, God, I'm in church. I turned over a new leaf. And, and uh, kind of like, let's make a deal with God. That's not what repentance is. When repentance comes into our life, we realize, wow, what a sinner I am. What a great God He is. And our heart is completely changed because we realize who Jesus is and who we are. When you're truly repentant, you're going to recognize the greatness of Jesus and the wonder of His grace. I heard about a shoplifter that had been known for stealing and the Bible had convicted his heart and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior and was beginning to grow. And he wrote a letter to a store. He said, I want to confess to you that I have stolen from your store. And he said, I've been feeling so guilty since I became a Christian. He said, and I'm sending you this check for $100. And I, I just want to say, I'm sorry. Here's the check for $100. He signed his name and then he put a little P.S. And it said, P.S., if I still can't sleep tonight, I'll send you the rest tomorrow. 
A lot of people will repent to the extent that they think somebody knows how guilty they are. Their wife is suspicious, so they try to find out how much the wife might know, and then they'll repent of that much. Their husband is suspicious, so they'll try to figure out how much the husband might know, then they'll repent of that much. Or the teacher at school is suspicious that there's some cheating going on, and so they'll try to figure out as a student how much the teacher knows, they'll repent to that much. But i got to tell you something. When you're dealing with Jesus, you might as well repent, repent of everything, lock, stock, and barrel. You might as well say, Jesus, I confess to you, I'm a sinner, I'm the chief of sinners, and without you, I'm nothing. And that's what this woman had done. She just had been honest with God that she needed the forgiveness of the Lord. She was a sinful woman and she was willing to admit it. And I think all of us ought to admit to the Lord this morning, Lord, we're sinners and without your grace, we're going nowhere fast. All of us are sinners. She was a sinful woman. Notice, secondly, a skeptical host. Now, the Pharisee was a religious man. And you would think that of all people, the Pharisee would say, wow, a sinner's going to come and learn from Jesus. That's awesome. But sometimes religious people have trouble being forgiving and kind. And that was the case. He was very skeptical. In fact, I believe as you read the text, you'll find that this Pharisee named Simon was actually embarrassed that the lady even came to the party. He didn't even want her there in the midst with them. And I want you to notice two things about this skeptical host. First of all, I want you to know that he lacked spiritual sight. He lacked spiritual sight, or we could say spiritual insight. And I think he had two blind spots in his life. Notice in verse 39 it says, Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman that it, that is, it is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. The first thing that Simon does is he assumes that Jesus is ignorant of the background of this woman. And he is assuming that Jesus is not really the prophet that he said he was. In fact, the words here, what manner of woman this is, speak of the sort or the quality of this woman. Basically what Simon is saying is, if Jesus really knew who this woman was, he would not let her touch me. I would never let that woman touch me. And if Jesus really was a prophet, then, and you get the idea. And he was ignorant of the fact that Jesus did know and that that indeed was the greatness of Jesus. And I don't know about you, I'm glad to tell you this morning that Jesus doesn't care who you are, what you've done in your past, how bad the sin past is, he still loves you and he still wants you to come into the courtyard and be with him. The second mistake that this man made, and the second reason we see a lack of spiritual insight, is that he assumes that he is better than this woman. And that's what Pharisees also do. It was easy for him to say, she is a sinner. Look at verse 39. The last part of verse 39 says, for she is a sinner. Let's say that together. For one more time, for so it's easy to say she's a sinner. Look at that guy. He's a sinner. Why? I've never seen such sin in all my life. Look at that, all the way that she's dressed. And look at what he's looking at. And what a sinner. And it's always easy to say he's a sinner. It's never easy to say I'm a sinner. And the Pharisee was very quick to say she's a sinner. Let me tell you something about preaching and about church. Today is not primarily about the guy next to you or the lady next to you. Today's primarily about God and you. And it's about being personal with God. 
And the Pharisee refused to make it personal. He was filled with self-righteousness. On one occasion, the Pharisee said in Luke 18 and verse 9, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. Uh, the, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. You see, Pharisees were filled with themselves. And Jesus is going to teach this Pharisee that he wasn't much better than this woman and that in fact all of us come short of the glory of God. The man was lacking spiritual insight. Notice, secondly, he lacked spiritual compassion. He was lacking spiritual compassion. Now, compassion is your hurt in my heart. Compassion is your hurt in my heart. Here was a hurting woman. Here was a woman that had been used and abused by everyone in this town. But the fact of the matter was, she was not getting compassion from the religious leader. She was only getting condemnation. And the fact is today that this man lacked spiritual compassion. Simon was guilty then of sins of the Spirit. He was guilty of sins of omission. Uh, but she was guilty of sins of commission. Yet, even though we could not see Simon's sin, he was still a sinner according to the teaching of God. And Jesus gives a quick parable in order to explain to the Pharisee how short-sighted he really was. I don't know about you, I like parables because they help simple-minded people like myself to understand the teaching of God. And I want you to see the parable that Jesus gives. Notice in verse 40, Jesus said, Simon, I have something to say to you, or somewhat to say unto thee. Verse 41, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? And Simon said, I suppose, to whom he forgave the most. And Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. Now to give you a quick synopsis of this parable, to give you the cliff notes on it this morning, the moneylender is a picture of God who gave a loan to two men. But the debt that they owed was a debt that they could not pay. It was the debt of sin. And verse 41 tells us that one owed 500 pence and one owed 50. So one owed more, one owed less, but both had this debt, which is a picture of sin. Now, when you think about the particular debt, it's called a pence, uh, sometimes a denarii. It is referred to as a denarii or a pence. It was the coin which equaled a day's wage in the Roman Empire. This was the common silver coin of the Roman Empire. And Jesus said, one man owes 50 and one man owes 500. And Jesus says to Simon, there are two debtors with different levels of debt or sin. One owes less, one owes more. But which one will be most grateful when he is forgiven? And Simon says, well, the one who owed the most would be the most grateful. And the Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse 3, Who forgiveth all of our iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. In other words, Jesus says, some of you maybe have had a greater burden of sin. Some of you have been involved in less, quote, wickedness. But all of you need forgiveness. All of you sin. And it doesn't matter how many pence or how many pounds of sin are on your shoulder. Jesus has come to lift it all up. But Jesus says to Simon, Simon, people who are forgiven much can love much. People who really know how far they had gone they really have the tendency to love Jesus a lot. That's why the woman gave her most valuable gift to the Lord. 
She broke that box. She poured that oil out. She said, I want to give you my best, Lord. I know who I am. I'm a sinner. And because I'm forgiven much, I want to love you much. That's why people that are truly saved don't give in the offering grudgingly. They don't read the Bible grudgingly. They don't go to church like, oh, I got to go to church. No, no. When you realize how much Jesus did for you, your attitude is, Jesus, how much can I do back for you? You see, there are some people in this room, and you grew up in a religion that said, if you do certain things, if you're a good person, if you obey the sacraments, if you do this and that, you might get to heaven if you work for it. But when you understand the grace of Jesus, we don't come to church so we hopefully go to heaven. We come to church because we're already saved, and we know we're going to heaven, and we're grateful to God for what He's done in our life. And this woman had that confidence. This woman gave that love to the Lord because of what God had done for her. Augustine was one of the early church fathers and theologians. But he was a man that for many, many years lived with his girlfriend from age 17. His mother prayed and prayed for his salvation. He finally turned to Jesus Christ as Savior. And he gave the rest of his life preaching and writing theology books. Because when someone is forgiven much, they can love much. There was a man named John Newton. He was a slave trader. He was a wicked and ungodly man who traded human life. This man was a man who was so wretched that one day God smote his heart and he realized that he had sinned against God and he repented of his sin and he turned to Jesus Christ as Savior. This man, John Newton, finally learned enough of the Bible to become a pastor here in the town of Olney, England. He preached in this particular church but he is most well known for writing a song entitled Amazing Grace. And that song says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. John Newton would tell you this morning that when you are forgiven of much, you can love much. And John Newton knew that he was a wicked, wretched sinner. But for the rest of his life, he would love Jesus for forgiving him. I don't know about you this morning. I'm glad that Jesus loved me. I'm glad that Jesus has forgiven me for my sin. And I don't come to church because I have to. And I didn't put an offering in this morning because I have to. And I don't read my Bible because I have to. I do those things because I love him, you see. And this woman didn't give that alabaster box because she had to. She did it because she loved Jesus. And she was thankful for what Jesus had done in her life. We see a sinful woman. We see a skeptical host. But I want you to see finally this morning a saving deity. I want you to see what Jesus does for this woman. The Pharisee had failed to see the presence of God. The Pharisee had failed to recognize that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. The reason the woman worshipped Jesus was because he was God in forgiving her sin. In fact, we read about it in Luke chapter 1 and verse 31. It's in your notes. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. You see the angel Gabriel said, you're going to have a son Mary. And he shall be called the son of the highest. And he will be called the son of God. And then Zacharias heard the prophecy. And his son John the Baptist preached the message. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Gabriel had announced it. And John the Baptist had announced it. And now Jesus was there in the flesh present in the courtyard speaking he was as he said he was the son of god and he is 
today at the right hand of God the Father as the Son of God, a saving deity. And all who call upon the Lord can have their sins forgiven, just like that sinful woman. Anyone who believes on Jesus Christ can have their sins forgiven too. Well, notice the Bible tells us, first of all, Jesus observed her faith. Jesus saw what was going on in her heart. You might not cry as much as this woman. You might not give an alabaster box like this woman did. But Jesus knows your heart. And he knew that this woman had truly believed. You see, it's interesting. Notice in verse 44, he says, Simon, do you see the woman? She entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears. And she wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Now it was a common courtesy, going back to Judges 19.21, that when someone would come into your house, either you or perhaps a servant would wash their feet. It's commonly known if you ever visit the Middle East that when someone comes into your home or greets you at the airport, they're normally going to kiss you on both sides of the cheek. And if you're not ready for it, it can be a surprise sometimes. I'm just telling you that right now. Jesus says, Simon, Mr. Pharisee, Mr. Religious Man, Mr. Perfect, I want to tell you, Simon, she greeted me, but you didn't. Simon, she gave to me, and you didn't. Simon, she repented, and you wouldn't. Simon, she served me, and you didn't. Simon, she worshipped me, and you won't. You see, it's possible to be a religious man and not be saved today. It's possible to be a religious man and not have Jesus in your heart today. You see, this man knew a lot about God, but he was rejecting the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, please don't misunderstand me. This woman's tears did not save her. You don't get saved because you cry. You don't get saved because you roll down the aisle at church. You don't get saved because of a particular experience. But, but Jesus is saying, faith without works is dead. And I can tell in her life and from her heart that something's happened to her, that she has truly believed on me. It was her faith in Jesus that saved her. Notice in verse 50, thy faith hath saved thee. Would you say that? Thy faith Say it one more time a little louder. Thy faith, faith, for by grace are you saved through faith, the Bible says, and that not of yourselves. Thy faith has saved thee. Now very carefully look at the verse in your notes, and we're almost done. Look at Titus 3, 4. Titus 3, 4 through 7. I want every guest to see this. I want every faithful member to see it. Titus 3, 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior. Notice Jesus is referred to as God. After that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Watch this now. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. By the washing of regeneration, by the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This woman was justified. Please hear me. The word justified means just as if I had never sinned. 
This woman who knew every man in town was now made clean. She was justified. She was forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, not by works of righteousness which she had done. She was not saved because she cried. She was not saved because she washed Jesus' feet with her hair. And you are not saved because you are a Baptist. And you are not saved because you are a Catholic. And you are not saved because you got sprinkled. That's not what saves you, my friend. It doesn't matter how much you cry or how much you go to church. What matters is, have you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone to be your Savior? Because the Bible says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy hath He saved us. Thank God today for His mercy. But you've got to put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Do you believe that you are a sinner? Do you believe that Jesus died for your sin? And that Jesus, as the Bible says, is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one goes to heaven except through Jesus. You see, that's the message. That we put our faith in Jesus Christ. I heard about a lady that was on an airplane. She hated to fly. Like my wife, my wife hates to fly. I know this. If I fly somewhere with Terry, we're going to hold hands the whole way till we get there. And this lady got on the plane and she wasn't with anyone, so she did what she always did. She opened up her Bible and she started to read the Bible. And she was reading the Bible and the man next to her said, you don't really believe all that stuff, do you? She looked at the man and she said, absolutely, I believe the Bible. I have faith in God's Word. The man said, well, what about that guy that was swallowed up by the whale and all that? You don't believe that, do you? She said, oh, she said, you mean the account of Jonah? She said, yes, I do. He said, well... Well, how do you suppose he was in the whale all that time? She said, you know, I really don't know. She said, I'll have to ask him when I get to heaven. The man sarcastically said, well, what if he isn't in heaven? She said, well, then you'll have to ask him. (laughs) In other words, this woman put her faith in the Word of God. Now listen, the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Has there ever been a time in your life when someone opened the Word of God and explain to you that you're a sinner and that Jesus alone can save you if you put your faith in Him. Have you ever responded to the Word of God to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Because faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Faith is not about being in the hospital and seeing a light. Faith is not about going to church or getting religion. Faith is about hearing the Word of God concerning yourself and Jesus and believing what God says in the Bible and receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. Jesus observed her faith and Jesus forgave her sin. And listen, my friend, only Jesus can forgive sin. Now the Pharisees, they, they lean back and they say, wait a minute, who is this man? And he's saying he can forgive sins also in verse 49. You see, the Pharisees knew enough to know that only God can forgive sin. Luke 5, 21, the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now listen carefully. Only God can forgive sin. And Jesus says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. Why can Jesus say that? Because Jesus is God come down in the flesh. He's the one who can forgive your sin. My friend, please understand something. I cannot forgive sin. You can get baptized in our baptistry so many times that your fingers begin to look like prunes and you will not have the forgiveness of sin. Only one person can forgive your sin and his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus forgave her sin. And Jesus forgives our sin because of what he did on the cross. The Bible says in Romans 5.1 Therefore being justified by faith We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. If you see that verse, would you say it with me, please? 
Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Daily in the Word with Dr. Paul Chappell, pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church and president of West Coast Baptist College in Lancaster, California. In life, there's nothing more important than knowing where you'll spend eternity. Some people believe that being a good person is their path to get into heaven, or that this life is all there is. But nothing could be further from the truth. That's why Pastor Paul Chappell wants us to send you his newest book called Paid in Full, Your Debt, God's Payment, as a thanks when you support this ministry financially. Call us at 1-800-68-TODAY or go to dailyintheword.org to request this book for yourself or a loved one. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Dr. Chappell serves as a pastor of Lancaster Baptist Church, and he is the author of many books. But most of all, he has a passion and love for you. If you've been helped through Dr. Chappell's ministry, he'd love to hear your story. Visit us on our website today where you can listen to today's entire message, become a partner in the Word, and sign up for Pastor Chappell's Daily in the Word email devotional. Visit us at paulchappell.com. And thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to discover God's answers for today's challenges here on Daily in the Word.